Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Some big news galore over the weekend. One of the big news items, of course, David Griffin hired by the Pelicans quickly. Closing that job and giving it to him, basketball of operations for the Pelicans. I've told you I'm excited about it. Another guy who's excited about it, it seems like anyways, is Scott Kushner of The Advocate, and he joins us now. And, Scott, we talked to you, I think, the day before this hire was made, and we were kind of talking about, well, who would be the best fit? We talked about David Griffin. I don't know if either of us believed that Griffin would actually accept the job, but lo and behold, he did, Scott. And to me, this seems like a banner day or was a banner day for the franchise. Certainly, and uh, I don't know necessarily, you know, everybody tries to grade things based off of, does this mean they're guaranteed to win and they're more likely? I don't know anything about that. Uh, What this means is that the Pelicans have shown a willingness to invest, a willingness to uh, run the franchise in a way that gives themselves the best chance to be competitive. And those are the type of things that they haven't necessarily displayed in the past. And that's a really important step, uh, I think, for this franchise and where they are in the league. They're not trying to be uh, one that does things on value, one that does things, uh, try to run, you know, maybe more efficiently. They're just trying to, to win. And they're willing to make the investment that's necessary. And I think that matters more than anything with regard to this hire because David Griffin did not come cheap. His demands weren't cheap. Uh, and what he expects is to be run like a first-class organization in the NBA, and that is something that this franchise has never had to hire before, uh, and that includes previous ownership till now. They've never had to go out and hire a uh, you know someone who was really sought after to be that top-of-the-basketball-side position, and this was a, a really good important step for them uh, as far as gaining credibility across the league you mentioned how in demand he was there was no secret that lebron wanted him in la and there were many other openings there certainly in bigger markets more entrenched you know competitive franchises than the pelicans have been what was the difference here was it just the chance to make this trade was it the power he was given what was it scott yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. I think the the idea that he is running the basketball side entirely on his own is a huge difference. I mean, if uh, if you go to L.A., I think you've got a lot of other pieces involved there. I think he's worked with LeBron before. It's not exactly the most straightforward process all the time. Um, you know, the chip of having Anthony Davis to trade, and that is something that you're walking into. That is not uh, an asset that a lot of GMs get to start their tenures with, and I do think that helps and that matters. It's Scott Kushner of The Advocate joining us uh, here. Sorry, my mic went off there. I don't know what happened. Uh, Scott, uh, David Griffin said a lot of, of different things in his interviews and when he was doing TV about how he would execute an Anthony Davis trade. What, what has he said, and what do you think his – a worldview of this opportunity to make this trade is. Scott, are you still there? 
Looks like we lost Scott. We'll get Scott back here. Uh, Logan, go ahead and give him a buzz back. So maybe it wasn't just maybe we had some kind of weird technical errors here because my mic went off too, and then Scott's went off. So we'll get Scott back here in just a second. Meanwhile, let's get some text here at 870-870. Small market. Could winning make Nola a big market? Could he bring back Coach Monty? Would he make Davis an offer to keep him? Um, I'll answer those, at least the last two one by one. Will he go after Monty? No. It's a slower style of play Monty likes is a much better fit in you know LA with LeBron where he's linked rather than here where you have pieces that you'd like to probably play up tempo would he make Davis an offer to keep him sure he probably will at least have that conversation but it'd be almost unthinkable that after everything Anthony Davis has said and the split the rift between the Pelicans franchise and Anthony Davis in his camp just too wide it's just too wide Text about Tiger Woods from the 985. I never knew nor cared that Tiger Woods was even having a moment. I'm already bored about hearing about it. Really? I mean, I, I don't. If you're a sports fan and you're already bored about Tiger, I'm, I'm not really. I'm not really sure why. I feel like you're just hating there. And that was that was an incredible moment yesterday. It just was. It's just a really incredible moment. I, that's the first time I've seen in the, you know the 24 hours or so since he wrapped up that major win. The Masters win. The first time I've heard anybody had a poo-poo Tigers win. First time I've ever heard it. A text from the 504, Golden State is a small market? Uh, you do realize where Golden State is, right? That's San Francisco and the Bay Area and Oakland. That's one of the six largest markets in the country. Certainly not a small market. From the 504, my guess is that Mr. B was the one who wanted the Saints management to run the Pelicans to save uh, money against Loomis's wishes. I don't know about that. I mean, that's, that's speculation and conjecture. But when you're not making a lot of money from your basketball franchise and you want to operate it in the black, you've got to make some tough decisions. And that was one that was made previously that probably wasn't in the best interest of the Pelicans being competitive on the court. And Mrs. Benson obviously has a different worldview to use that again let's go back to scott kushner uh, uh, scott uh, i apologize we lost you there um now one of the no, things that was my fault my phone just stopped getting service <laughs> i have absolutely no idea why it was an interesting uh confluence because my mic stopped working right in that moment too so i don't know it was the you know the the, the weird karma uh, got us both there one of the things i wanted to ask you was about what david griffin has said about you know making this anthony davis trade when he was doing tv and otherwise he'd made some statements about his philosophy and how he'd kind of handle it so what are some of those statements and and how do you believe he'll head into this process you know i think he said what, what most people would expect which is uh, the idea is to get a young asset that can blossom into an all-star and, you know, maybe multiple young assets who can do that. And at the same time, get some draft picks to, so you can build the thing in a stable way that you don't just have to rely on one or two guys that you can build an arsenal. You can make a mistake. It's not the end of the world if you, you know, swing and miss one time um, because you have a lot of chances. And I think that's improved more than anything to be the most important thing uh, in building these teams is that you're probably not going to do it perfectly every time. But the idea that you get the most cracks at it is critical. And they've got a nice piece in Drew Holiday to kind of build around. They don't have to go get like a veteran leader or anything like that. If they want to be competitive immediately, they've got that ready. Um, and, you know, they're not going to go out and win 50 games next year. I don't think there's any chance of that, quite frankly. But they're also not going to be a 15-win team. And they don't want to be a 15-win team. You can't really do that here. Uh, so I do think they'll make a trade. 
that will help them next season, but with the idea that it builds toward the future as well, that this isn't just a one-year cash-in, that you're going to get something that goes forward. There's no way that Anthony Davis stays now. Uh, I'm sure he'll have that conversations with Griffin about that, but there's no way he stays, right? Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I, I ruled out the idea that, it, that nothing's possible. <laughs> True. Good point. It's a possibility, but it's, uh, it's highly, highly, highly unlikely um, at, at this point. I, nothing has really changed in Davis's mind. I think the bridge has been burned with ownership, um, and especially if he keeps Rich Paul as his agent. I, I just don't even see the team offering him a max contract at this point. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, can I can I hold you through this 60-second break? I want to ask you about Coach uh, Gentry and that possible search, Scott. That's Absolutely. All right. After my cell service, <laughs> I can do. No worries. All right, we're going to uh, quickly take a break here. Scott Kushner of The Advocate joining us, at Scott D. Kushner on Twitter. And, of course, you can find his work at theadvocate.com on the Anthony Davis situation. We will talk Will Wade's reinstatement and – Jacques Doucet of WAFB-TV and Baton Rouge will join us at 8.40 to get into the nitty-gritty there. I'm Seth Dunlap, back in 60 seconds here on The Last Lap. Scott Kushner with us of The Advocate. We're talking David Griffin hire. And, of course, one of the decisions he'll have to make, Scott, is on a head coach and whether he keeps Alvin Gentry or whether he looks outside of house. How do you think that will wind up? Do you think it is Griffin wanting to bring in his own guy or gal, if that's Becky Hammond? Uh, you know, I actually fully expect that Alvin Gentry is going to keep the job um, at this point. I really would be surprised if anything else happens. Griffin and Gentry have a good relationship. I think they're people who uh, understand each other. And, I, you know, he's under a guaranteed contract for another year, too. So it's kind of a no-risk scenario from his perspective. Um, but we'll see. You know, I could, I could kind of – I don't know exactly the direction that they're going to go in over time. I don't know what kind of team he wants to build. Uh, if he wants to build a team that runs up and down the floor and, and gets out, you know, because basically what he did in Cleveland was so built around LeBron, and I just don't think that's going to be a good blueprint as to what they do here because it's so different. So um, where they go in coaching uh, as the future holds, uh, could be different, but I do expect Alvin Gentry will get a chance. So the one-year guaranteed deal that he still has for next year, and that was fully guaranteed earlier this season, um, does that mean that, that he, David Griffin is the he in this situation, does that mean he was talking to Gail and Dennis Lausha and said, hey, you know, this is going to be a multi-year rebuild here, so let's just go into next year with that in mind, that we don't need to be competitive, we don't need to be making the playoffs next year, but we need to set ourselves up for extreme success down the road. Do you think that maybe that indicates that, Scott? I mean, it could. I think more than anything, it's it's the idea that Alvin Gentry did his job well this year, I think, in the eyes of many people. Um, he was put in a ridiculously difficult position and uh, kind of came out looking like a good guy at the end of all of this. And, you know, the team, obviously, a lot of the players respect him. Uh, management at the ownership, I should say, really respects him. Uh, they respect the job he did, and I don't think they feel like he should be fired uh, based for it. And David Griffin, I think, is willing to give him a chance as someone who knows Alvin Gentry really well and understands his strengths and knows how he can build a team to give Alvin a chance next season. Now, I don't know if they'll ever say it permanently, and there's still obviously a chance that he makes a move, that he walks in, sees the roster, and says there's no way we can play 
Alvin's style of basketball, let's go ahead and move on. Um, but just as far as my prediction and expectation, I think he'll be back. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Alvin's done a great job, and you're right, kind of local folk hero now. Um, so that uh, final question here now is about Drew Holiday and Julius Randle, two of those pieces that will be back that can play in Alvin's system. Are those pieces locked to stay here, or do you think that Griffin's going to explore trade options if he really does want a top-down rebuild? Uh, you know, I just can't see Drew Holiday getting moved at this point. It's really uh, kind of the, the – they just don't want to be a team that is going to go 15 and, you know, 60-something. It's just not – that's not the way that they want to play. Uh, it doesn't do them any good to build down to the studs like that and basically alienate their fan base. They're not in the type of city – that you're going to have, you know, six to 8,000 season ticket holders just for the fact that it's an NBA team. Uh, if you do not put a remotely competitive product on the floor, people are just going to sit it out until a competitive product comes back. It's not a lot of corporate money. It's not a lot of legacy, you know, uh, type of dollars that are just willing to sit there until the team gets good again. Uh, they, they can't really do that. They're not in position. So I do think you'll see them try to stay competitive, and that includes – keeping Drew, and I think they'll make a move in free agency to make themselves better for next year, even if it's on a short-term, I mean, more than likely it would be on a short-term basis. Um, but I don't see them, you know, just waiting everything out and kind of having zero, trying to get the worst record in the NBA and build from there. It's just that doesn't strike me as a, a strategy that either Griffin or the Pelicans would really like to pursue. That wouldn't be very intriguing to me either, Scott. It's Scott Kushner of The Advocate, covers the Pelicans there. Be sure you find his work at theadvocate.com, and also you can find him on Twitter at Scott D. Kushner. Scott, appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely, Seth. Talk to you later. All right, there he goes. And, yes, David Griffin, now the man in charge of the Pelicans, the new president of basketball operations. Now, more hoops, but college version, massive news yesterday, shocking most of the college basketball world. Although here, and even me, I don't think I was that shocked when I got the news last night, right before the Game of Thrones premiere, about 10 minutes or so. I was actually out. wasn't. Uh, I was over at my friends, uh, if you listen to the podcast, Cena and Styles' house, watching that. But the news came down that, Yes, Will Wade was reinstated at LSU. And you know what? I wasn't a bit surprised about that. I will talk about that next with Jock Doucet of WAFB-TV in Baton Rouge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.